I've spent the last 12 years attempting to build the ultimate clinic gym hybrid facility where we offer advanced sports chiropractic and the ultimate in exercise progressions. Now I've sold that business and decided to take the plunge to create a massive change within the world of chiropractic. My goal is to get a hundred other chiropractors to completely revolutionize our industry and provide exactly what we want our patients to experience while helping to double our profits and maximize the license that we're given. But the real question is this, how can we create this massive change without becoming sleazy salespeople or doing crazy marketing efforts? This podcast has the answers. So follow along as I learn, apply, and share the information from the best minds out there into this Clinic Gym Radio. I'm Josh Satterley, and I'm happy to have you here. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm lucky enough today to be joined by the first female chiropractor on the show, Dr. Jen Reiner Marcello. How are you, Jen? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. So we are here at the Perform Better Summit, and Jen is a, uh, is a chiro who believes in the model of exercise as piece of care. Um, but uh, I'm kind of interested in your early story. We talked earlier where everybody yeah. meets either at, we either meet at a bar or <laughs> at a coffee bar in the morning, right? Of course, yeah. And you and I were a coffee bar. Coffee bar, yeah, absolutely. Which is equally as important, It by is the way. equally as important, yeah. yes, I agree. So uh, can you give everybody a little history of where you, where you graduated and then what you did right after? Sure. I think you got a great, great journey. Yeah, so I, my undergrad was exercise physiology from University of Florida. So out of the get-go, I already had this passion for exercise and rehab, but I knew I wanted to learn more. And so I looked at the physical therapy track versus Cairo, and, and at the time, Cairo had direct access to care and a little broader scope. So I went the Cairo route, but knowing that I really wanted to take more of a rehab approach to things and uh-huh. sports injury and those sorts of things. So, I went so to you p- wanted to do rehab, you just didn't want to have anybody else telling you how to correct. do rehab. Yes, yeah. Okay. yeah, correct. That's good. So um, went to Palmer West and graduated in 2006. And when I, I came out of school, I, I loved San Diego. I was already on the West Coast, knew I wanted to stay in California. Um, found a practice down that way where the, the doc was looking for an associate. And he had a, a golf background, seemed to work with a lot of golf athletes, was on PGA Tour treating and those sorts of things. So I nice. thought, great, I could learn a lot from him in that regard. Um, and, and worked with him for about a year and a half and definitely gained some knowledge in the golf world, but uh, gained a, a lot of knowledge and experience on the business side, which I think yeah. in school, we, we don't really get a lot of that. So in that regard, I, I did learn a lot, but I definitely felt like I just hit a, hit a plateau in terms of learning with him. And with regard to the space that he had, it was kind of more of a typical office, limited to just, you know, the table inside of a room. We mm-hmm. had some tubing, maybe a TRX over the door, very mm-hmm. minimal equipment. But what, just to go back, what year yeah. do you think this is? This is 2006. So that's the year I graduated. So that that was, if you had a TRX hanging and yeah. some tubing, you're... You were doing something. At least mainstream, yeah. <laughs> maybe a little ahead of the curve. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. Okay. And I, you know, through my undergrad, I'd done spent some time in the strength and conditioning world. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely had some, some background in that okay. as well. But the question was, how could I bring that into the rehab space, especially being so limited in terms of yeah. equipment and, and whatnot? Um, so yeah, so I did what I could with tubing and body weight and, and TRX, but like I said, kind of hit this plateau of, of couldn't go any further further, at least where I was. Mm-hmm. So I was afforded an opportunity both at UCSD, University of California, San Diego, mm-hmm. um, to integrate within their athletic training room and be their Cairo One staff. Nice. Um, and right, right around that time, um, Todd Durkin was also looking for a chiropractor. He had already had a physical therapist, therapist in his uh, place. But he wanted a Cairo just to round out um, his kind of wellness yeah. care that he had. And for those of you who don't know, 
Todd Durkin, he's runs one of the most exciting, popular gyms in San Diego, right? So this is the sure, yeah. the king of San Diego fitness saying, hey, yeah. I want to get somebody else on my team. Yeah, yeah. A lot of athletes in there, but a lot of average Joes. Um, so, so we had a little bit of everything. Yeah. And then obviously at UCSD, um, the collegiate athlete was, was what we were working with. Yeah. And that was great because for me, I thrive off of others. I love to learn from athletic trainers, physical therapists, strength coaches. I think there's just a world of knowledge between all of us Mm -hmm. and the more minds, the better. So Mm -hmm. I loved being in that environment surrounded by other people where I could ask questions, watch what they're doing, integrate some of those things. And and so that's where I really kind of found my space. And interestingly, I'm just thinking you had kind of a broad, you had college age athletes, right? That are all, what are we, 18 to 22. Yep. And then at Durkin's place, you had the, you had a few professionals, right? Drew Brees was working out oh, yeah. there, mm-hmm. uh, Ladinian Tomlinson. Yep. And then you had the other, or the big group of just average Joes, right? right? You're right. What, we 40 had, and above kind of right. working professionals. 40 and above, but we also had some youth kids, you know, athletes nice. in there. So, yeah. so kids that were figure skaters, you know, 10, 10 years old, some soccer kids, things like that. So we really did see the full variety. Yeah. Um, and so it was a great, it was great in terms of experience. And then also at Todd's place, um, as I said, we were really like on the floor with the, with the trainers working together. There was a great continuum as far as when I finished my rehab care, they were already, you know, uh, introduced to the trainers that were on the floor yeah. and they could then continue with them. Um, and then, as I said, we already teamed up with a physical therapist. Um, and with that physical therapist, we ended up creating a great synergy together, ended up opening four other locations in San Diego. Nice. Yeah. So we had a really great um, just community um, and variety of people that we worked with in San Diego. So if I would have walked in any one of those four other offices in San Diego, mm-hmm. Uh, could I have told, could I have, uh, is there any way I would have known if I was working with a Cairo <laughs> or a PT or anything? Was it all the, that's funny. Basically yeah. Blended yeah. People didn't, couldn't understand the difference between what we did and, and Good. sure. And when you, when you, you know, drill down, sure. Our approaches were maybe slightly different, yeah. but for the most part to the average person, you know, they couldn't tell the PT. You're just from good. The You're just really good at what you do. Right. That's, and that's really what matters. I, I, you know, I think we all pushed each other, you know, yeah. like what conferences are you going to, what seminars are you taking? Um, and once a month on Fridays, we would all get together and pick a nice. topic or, or if someone took all, a like course, all the locations would come yeah, together. Yeah. We would all come together. And share ideas. Oh, that's um, awesome. And then and then even invite the trainers that were at the various locations where we were mm-hmm. to come listen to what we were talking about and maybe share their experiences on their end. So you had the trainers working with you at Durkin's place, and then you also had trainers at these other four locations we as did. well? We okay. did, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. The, 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 the model was pretty pretty sweet and that we set up typically inside gyms uh-huh. so that obviously the training equipment was already there mm-hmm. and typically we could carve out a little space for a couple tables. Yeah. So, um, and obviously were they private rooms or just like, Hey, I'm just putting the table on the floor. It depended on the place. But depended you were totally, yeah. just from a business perspective, mm-hmm. when people are young Cairo or PT coming out of school, yeah. you don't need a lot of private space. In you fact, don't. Yeah, I mean, most yeah. people in that world of, hey, I'm working out, are pretty comfortable with right. you already working with them on the floor, Correct. right? Correct, yeah. We, you know, every once in a while, we might have an, an, an older person or someone that, you know, likes their privacy. Yeah. Um, and we did have a little curtain set up that we could use in uh-huh. case, but for the most part, people didn't didn't mind. And we cool. treated it out in the open and, and yeah. you know. Well, you're in I San Diego, too. People are changing into their board shorts yeah, on the exactly, side of the highway yeah. <laughs> <and> you, <laughs> totally, you, yeah. as you're driving by, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I spent about six years um, 
between UCSD and, and Todd's place. Wow. Um, and then ended up selling my practice to an intern of mine. Okay. And um, moved up to Stanford, uh, uh, got engaged for a little while until we moved back down together to San Diego. Uh, when my husband left Stanford, he decided to do some consulting work. Um, and at that point, the physical therapist who I teamed up with said, hey, I have this great opportunity with the Padres. Would you be interested in being part of the rehab staff? And I said, great. And they actually already had a Cairo on staff, which was nice for me because uh-huh. I got to sit more on the rehab side Cool. and step in if the Cairo wasn't there once once in a while. But um, I really got to kind of hone in on the, the rehab and the reconditioning yeah. phase. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, I, I can do that too. I can adjust if you need it. Yeah, but if you need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, it was great. Uh, that, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, so now take us through. So what year was that? So that was... You went up to Stanford and... In 14. You were, okay. Yeah, 2014. You, were in, you said you were engaged for a little bit. You ended up getting married, not like yeah, I was sorry, engaged yeah. and then I stopped engaged. But <laughs> yeah, I met a little bit of time yeah. in, in, up at Stanford as well. And you're, yeah. for people who don't know, your husband's in the high-performance sports world as well, right? Correct. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, we actually interviewed him yesterday, so I don't know what order this will come in. But, uh, yeah, so... So it wasn't like you moved out of the sports performance world. You're just moving locations because of a opportunity with right. a spouse, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you went up there. Yep. Uh, little tiny university, Stanford. They're, <laughs> they're okay. And then you moved back down to yep. San Diego. Yep. To basically work with the Padres and a Correct. bunch of other yeah yeah like pro level stuff, right? Yeah. So I was I was primarily with the Padres um, during that time, and then um, ended up getting pregnant toward the end of the season. But I know, but <laughs> I teach rest of me and there's video of you. I can't remember who you're working on, but at TPI, like some high level player. Oh, was it? And you just step into the frame for a second. I'm oh, funny. Only because I know you. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And then there's also, uh, if, you, if you ever have been to an SFMA course, there's a bald guy with glasses who has the worst active straight leg raise, and that's <laughs> yeah, actually that's, Jen's husband. That, yeah, he, he's mine, all mine, yeah. ladies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's a great project. Yeah. Great project to work on. Luckily, he's a nice guy, but geez, you don't marry a guy for his active straight leg raise, let's just say. No. Yeah. So anyway, so now, what you tell, tell us again, what year were you working with the Padres? So that was uh, 15, 16, I believe. 14, you went up to Stanford. Yep. 15, 16, you came back for yes. the baseball season. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then ended up getting pregnant toward the end of the season. And so just before the start of the 16, 17 season, uh-huh. ended up taking maternity leave. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. And at that point, I just, I, I had a real small kind of, I still had patients calling every once mm-hmm. in a while wanting to see me and they knew I was in San Diego. So I had a very small practice, again, inside of a gym because that's mm-hmm. where I feel most comfortable. Um, just seeing, you know, roughly 10 to 15 patients a week right? Um, until it was time to actually take some time off for the baby. Yeah. And, and along there, I'm sure there were different athletic conferences and this kind of thing, summits and presentations and yeah. assessment. I can't imagine, I don't know, if I was your husband, I had to assess a lot of athletes. I'd be like, hey, free labor, uh, you want to go with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's... Um, uh, the, my mind always has to keep going, right? Mm-hmm. I can never sit idle. So e- even when I was on maternity leave, whether it was just reading books or um, yeah. listening to DVDs I, I had, it was a good kind of time Jen actually read to... What to Expect When You're Expecting <laughs> Part 14, cover to cover. She read yes. the whole series. No. Yes. Yeah. So I'm a bit of a, of a nerd in that sense in that mm-hmm. um, I, I just, my, my mind's always craving new information mm-hmm. and, and I, it's a joy for me to learn. Oh right? man, your yeah. kids are, it's a rough place for <laughs> your kids, important. right? Yeah. <laughs> Got two uh, two doctors as parents, and yeah. you know love love of reading, and right. yeah, yeah, it's gonna be rough. Anyways, um, so you've seen a lot of different models. I mean, you've seen D one universities, mm-hmm. 
uh, in the training room and the performance side, you've mm-hmm. seen private, uh, I don't know what you want to say, tra- establishing small private clinics within yeah. operating gyms. Mm-hmm. You've operated in a regular chiropractic practice. Yeah. So you've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. For that person that is, there, so there's kind of two groups that listen here. People who are in school and about to get out. Right. And then there's also the established chiropractor. They have an office, but they don't yet have the fitness component. Right. So would you mind giving some tips to either one of those people that are running with it? Yeah. So maybe I, let's start with the established doctor. Hey, I'm a chiropractor. Yeah. And I want to start doing fitness. They probably, most chiropractors I know now, especially if they're listening here, they're doing rehab. Right. But I want to remove that fake wall of rehab into fitness. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think surrounding yourself with obviously people that know more than you, that, than, that you respect, mm-hmm. um, is a great place to start because you can't know and learn everything, especially if you're a new doc and maybe the fitness or the, the training side is new to you. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend um, hiring, you know, one or two people that, that can take that on for you, but also that they also have a good understanding of the rehab side. Right. Not that they need to be doing rehab, obviously, because that might be something you're already doing, um, but that, that transition that... But there should be some o- some overlap Absolutely. there, right? It's like those... Or is that a Venn diagram where it's two circles right. that yes. go across? Yes, yeah. go across, yeah. You can take that person into exercise. Correct. But you're not necessarily specializing in that. They can take the person into rehab, but they're right. not specializing in it. Right. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. And so I think, um, you know, finding someone that obviously has the same kind of philosophy or mentality th- that you might have so that the communication lines are yeah. open. Great. Um, for me... For me, it was FMS and SFMA that, that spoke volumes and just made a lot of sense. So most of the trainers that I worked with at least had SFM, or had FMS um, certification, and then maybe they sat through an SFMA just to right. kind of understand where I was coming from. Um, and that made just a smooth transition for patients. They understood that their best interests, we had their best interests in mind, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't have many trip-ups trip of, of um, terminology or how to kind of go from rehab to training. Right and vice versa. So I think most importantly, you know, hire someone that knows what they're doing, has a similar philosophy to you, um, and again, open lines of communication. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist working long hours, worrying about lower repayments and missing out on quality time with your family? You can double your income without working more hours by adding a gym to your practice. Clinic Gym Hybrid Solutions has a step-by-step guide that dramatically simplifies and speeds up the addition of a fitness center and its monthly recurring revenue. In just six months, you can be on your way to freedom. Visit clinicgymhybrid.com today for a free downloadable PDF and complimentary consultation to get you started. That's clinicgymhybrid.com. You obviously have some pretty good business acumen. You were running five Five offices at the time. And if anybody knows the distance from Todd's place, well, getting around San Diego wasn't like they were right <laughs> no, next door to each other, correct, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that right. is, that was a hurdle, I'm sure. Yes. So let me ask you this. So when you would take people from the clinic treatment side into rehab, into, into exercise, I think some people are intimi- intimidated by having the conversation about, hey, I want you to continue mm-hmm. exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did that go for you? 
I'm all about educating my patients, you okay. know, and I, and I you always get some that don't want to, you know, they're not that interested, but I think for the most part, yeah. people want to learn why you're doing what you're doing, yeah. right? And when you explain Especially things... If they're if they're in a gym, they're already saying, hey, I invest in my sure. health, right? Yeah, so sure. they're a little more educated. Yep. So when you explain things to them of why you're doing that and why you're progressing in a certain way and why they need to continue doing certain things... Mm-hmm. Of course, you're going to lose some, right? Whether it be due to lack of funds or maybe they're just not interested, whatever. But I think the majority of people, they want to continue to feel good and move well, right? And I've had those that have kind of fallen off the wagon, right? Mm -hmm. And then they end up coming back to your office because Mm -hmm. they're like, ah, you know, I I didn't keep up on this. And and let's face it, that's life, right? Right. Um, And I think they learn the hard way. And for a lot of those people, then they end up coming back to you and then obviously continuing on with the training. Mm -hmm doing something along those lines. So I think it's about patient education. Okay. Um, and sometimes, like I said, it's it's them figuring it out for themselves mm-hmm. um, in terms of falling off the wagon and maybe some of their things start You're to You're just come too back. nice to say, ha, I told yes. you so, sucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Some some I do. Some I do. <laughs> Depends on the personality. Um, say I'm the best. Say it. Say it or I'm not treating you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's about patient education and, and then... And can you dive into that yeah. just a little bit? Like, So would you educate people and say like, now... This will, I'm going to treat this and we're going to get that hip extension uh, cleared up. And then I want you to keep working on that. Like, how would that education go? What would you try? Yeah, so I think um, learning the most you can about that patient, meaning... Uh what is their goal, right? Do they want to be running marathons? Is it just about playing with their grandkids? Sure. Um, whatever makes their clock tick, I think that's what you, the level that you have to get on with them mm-hmm. and make them understand, here's what's going to happen if you don't do some of these things to right. keep you moving well. So you would, ta- like you would piggyback on their performance idea sure. and back that up to, yes. here's why we're doing that. Correct, okay. yeah. Yeah. And I think when you break it down enough to say, here's what happens to the body over time if you're not doing these things, right? Mm -hmm. You go back to your daily life of sitting behind a desk or whatever it may be. I think then the wheels start turning and they start to understand, okay, this is why we're doing it. It's not about a money scheme that they just want to continue training and make money. It's here's what happens as you age. Mm -hmm. Here are the things that I want to keep doing to make me happy. Mm -hmm. I have, and and therefore I need to be putting in this sort of effort and time. Yeah. I think, uh, they probably you you came across that fairly easily because when you're working in, for example, collegiate sports, the you had crew there, right? Like you oh, had, sure. And, yeah. and they're probably very concerned with shoulder health. Yeah. But your, you know, uh, cross country runners don't care about that, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. Of and course so it's like, not. well, you have to do this to run faster, or you have to do this to row faster. Right. The goal is is different, but either one of those people with a thoracic spine problem, they don't, you know. Right. They want to know why thoracic spine will affect them. Correct. And if you talk to the runner about rowing, they're going to be like glassing over and saying, I don't, I don't care course. about that. Of course, yeah. Know? Find what makes them tick yeah. and use that as the motivation tool it, to keep them going. Yeah, my point of that, like I think sometimes when we get into general population, like when you're at Durkin's place and, mm-hmm. you know, you have the 40, 45-year-old mother who's working out and, you know, it's worth the conversation to find out, like, what is it that motivates you? Is it this workout itself? Right. You know, maybe that's what she attaches to, or sure. is it, uh, you know, you you have a dog you like to walk. Like, right. I was always surprised by how many women would say, like, I want to walk my dog without pain. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> but that, I think, was their time to kind of get away and, yeah. you know, and, uh, yeah. or is it like, you know, not having uh, pain when you're doing whatever sport you love? Oh, I also love to you know, play Frisbee golf or I don't right. know, you know, yeah. but I think in the general population, we think, oh, you just want to be out of pain. And even there, it's like, it's not just out of pain. Like if I, 
for a lot of people, even if I get you out of pain, that's not enough. I want to also perform right. X very well. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But in sports, it's inherent. So that uh, I'm, I'm going to think about that now as I kind of go y- forward. Cause yeah. Discovering that end goal is, is yeah. important for everybody. And uh, with athletes, it's funny. Like, I mean, you'd automatically assume that they'd be motivated enough yeah. You know, that every athlete's motivated to want to do your rehab program, and they're not, right? Um, and even training. Like we, we, I found that with the Padres. It was so interesting that, um, I, I mean, I, I don't even, maybe 25, 30% of the players didn't train with our strength guy. And I was like, what, it, what are they doing, right? Yeah. And it's just, they had their own... Um, you know, mentality of what they wanted to do yeah. and, and they weren't motivated to do certain things. You know, they, they played baseball and that was it. And they wanted to kind of stay on their own track. Yeah. And those were the hard, those were the people that were hard to make them appreciate what you were doing and what the strength coach was doing. Um, and oftentimes it was talking about like, it's not just how well you play now, but you want the longevity of your career, right? Well, yeah. here are the things we need to do to make sure yeah. that these joints are moving well and that, um, these muscles stay doing X, Y, and Z yeah. um, to make sure that you can continue to play. It's not just making sure that you're the you know MVP of this year. Right. Yeah, because uh, longevity is so much so important. It's funny when you work in different sports. Like I mean, golf for a long time, the thought was, oh, don't uh, don't work out because right. you're going to get tight. Right. You know. Um, and then you know, luckily that has faded. Uh, I can't even. I can't think of on the leaderboard. The PGA Championship just happened. I was asking somebody, "How far do you have to go down the leaderboard to find somebody who doesn't actively, aggressively right. work out every week?" Um, but the other side, like I have a friend who's a big swim coach, and I said, "Hey, what do you do for dry land training and this and that?" He's like, "Well, we do weights on Mondays and Tuesdays, but I don't want him to get tight by Friday." I'm like, "Oh my God, this is the same thinking it's mentality, yeah, yeah." Same but it's, yeah. I, you know, how far behind is is yes. swimming, or how far behind right. is right. you know endurance sports? Right. Like in so many sports, whether it's baseball, gymnastics yeah. is a big one. That's that's where I grew up. Um, so much of it is based on tradition and what we've always done. Yeah. And they don't care that our world has how, been studying this for years and years and years, and we yeah. have all this evidence to say, well, actually, here's this. Yeah they just continue to, to have that mentality of, well, we've always done it this way. Yeah, I know. And, and sometimes you you can see the sacred cows that person has in their mind and then you violate that and they're like, oh. yeah, right. Like in golf, the worst way to train to get better is to take a hundred of the same shot in a row because right. that, that never happens on the course. Right. That only happens <laughs> on the range. It'd be like, right. you know, I, I'm now the world's greatest third seven iron shooter right. in the world. It's like <laughs> that never should, comes up. Exactly. How would you change things yeah. if you'd go back and talk to a, you know, if you were coaching 10 year old female gymnast, like what are some things you've learned yeah. along the way? Yeah. It's a great question. Well, one thing that is a glaring. Well, Cause you're, me, you're a parent. I know. You have yeah. another one on the way. <laughs> I so, know. And it's going to affect you. It's going to, you know, yeah. crawl around in your mind, right? Yeah. I mean, just offhand, even where the, my, my daughter goes to gymnastics and I'm watching some of the coaches train. I mean, they're doing exercises from like 1985, you know? Um, and we just, we just know more than that. They're the that thing, cutting edge? 85? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think running mechanics is a big one with them. If you watch the girls go on vault or floor for really? that matter. Um, yeah. They, they have what's called a lot of backside mechanics. Um, they need to be working with a track coach or a movement coach to understand actually how to run properly, but yeah. you don't ever see that happening. Um, and even Jesus, just, I'd hate to be the coach for <laughs> you guys. <laughs> right? um, and even just understanding how to put force into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them don't understand that concept. I mean, one person that does it beautifully is Simone Biles, and mm-hmm. she's winning every single competition because mm-hmm. she understands that concept. Um, 
And, and some of the other things that I see within gymnastics is uh, letting the ribs um, flare. flare. Yeah, so much of what they do, whether they're finishing pose, yeah. so many of their tricks that they're doing, um, their rib cage is, is coming out into the front, right? Versus keeping that rib cage in, but still being able to extend through the spine and not yeah. just the lower back. So yeah. there's a lot of... Those hypermobile know, lumbar spines and whatnot. Totally, with, yeah. With, I mean, I, you don't think about it, but I've, I've seen not that many gymnasts in my life, but I've seen a few... And I'm shocked with how immobile their hips are yes. compared to their global Correct. flexibility. Yep. But they have hypermobile lumbar spines. I'm Correct. just like, yeah. your pars hate you. <laughs> right, like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so you know, so hip extension being a big one yeah. and um, hip internal rotation being another big one that I typically see okay. in that population. So, I, you know, I think addressing a lot of those issues. Um, hip inter- internal rotation helps 10-year-old <laughs> female gymnasts and 70-year-old male country <laughs> right? totally, club golfers, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I think, you know, just paying attention to some of those little things um, it, it, during the big beginning stages of yeah. the training per, will prevent so many issues down the road. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's funny. Hopefully you can, hopefully you can change the world starting with, you know, right? your I kids, know. but yeah, I go through the same thing, but luckily we scored, we, uh, I had a intern that helped us with a lot of exercise and athletics and, uh, taught her everything I could in the junior programs that we knew about. And then she ended up opening a Taekwondo studio. Oh, right and our on. kids are, stu- are students there. Nice. Yeah, so they do a good mix of like 40 minutes out of every hour's skill and 20 minutes is just general athletics and yeah. moving around. And yeah. Excuse me, I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so last question, because sure. I don't want to keep you too long, but the um, going back, if you could go back to young Jen, uh, uh-huh. unmarried, no... Uh, no you haven't taken any shots from a business, setting up businesses. Right. You know, you're coming out of school. You're excited. Yep. Moving to San Diego. Yep. In that first year, yeah. what would you have done different or what would you advise a young doctor yeah. uh, to do for success? Yeah. And it, it, I'm going to say this, but I, I do think that the um, the culture is cha- changing, at least yeah. in the chiropractic well, world yeah. and maybe even a physical therapy world. You and I met at our first in ART seminars, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the time... I would say that it was fairly progressive to have a good skill set of right. soft tissue. Right. I would say that if you graduated last year, there's no question. You have to have Correct. something, at least yes. like instrument, hands, yep. whatever. Yeah. But at our time, it was like, man, you still, I yeah. remember traveling to go get them and Absolutely. certs and everything. And it was like, wow, I'm really on cutting edge. And now it's like, yep. oh, that's nice. Everybody right. has that now. Right. Like, so I yeah. think cutting edge in this day and age, in this, uh-huh. this day and age, and this is what I would have done at a school, um, is having some sort of, obviously in school, you learn me- the medical diagnosis of things, yep. right? But you don't learn the why, which is the functional diagnosis of things. Okay. So for me, SFMA was really the answer to a lot of those questions is why are we finding this? I don't want to just keep treating the pain. We need to treat the cause, right? Um, And so for me, that would have been, I think, a huge eye opener. So finding some sort, and it doesn't have to be SFMA, find some sort of system that makes sense to you, um, but have a system that not only gives you the the medical diagnosis, but also the the functional diagnosis Mm -hmm. to give you some sort of roadmap to get that patient not mm-hmm. only out of pain but back to doing whatever it is that they, they, they want to do um, without falling back into your office again. Yeah. 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 The thing that question I remember having as a young doctor was, how come when I treat, you know, when when I was chasing pain for lack of a better term, yeah, when I treat the pain on this person, they get better. When I pe- treat that same pain with the same protocol on this person, it doesn't change or it gets worse. Right. It's like what right. the heck is yeah. the deal here, you know? Yeah. And, and the other thing that that I think is important is 
um, being open-minded to other philosophies as well. Like I've gone through a lot of the DNS courses. I've gone mm-hmm. through a lot of PRI. Um, I've done some more traditional you gotta physical You've got to be careful with DNS stuff. courses. That's how you end up married and pregnant, I, though. I know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, but <laughs> you I think, never got pregnant from PRI. Just, right. You know, <laughs> let's, no. let's be clear on that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, you know, being open to other philosophies and understanding that not not every philosophy is perfect, right? There's there's what I call Swiss cheese in every philosophy, meaning sure. there's holes, right? And I think the more philosophies and technologies that you learn mm-hmm. and you're able to overlap those, the more you're able to fill in those holes. Um, and then you're also able to see the similarities between some of those things. Yeah. So, you know, for any one patient um, or client even that comes in the door, you know, I may use an SFMA on somebody, but I may do a lot of PRI stuff with them as well, or maybe they're a more, little more, more on the DNS side, mm-hmm. e- each person that comes in your door, you, you need a separate toolbox and be able to figure out which tools are going to work for that person because not one t- one tool is not going to work for everybody, mm-hmm. right? So. so clinically, that's uh, those are some perfect steps. And how about business-wise? Like, I mean, going from in a 10-year span, going from brand new out of school to six yeah. clinics to yeah. working with the Padres to, <laughs> yeah. you know... I mean, you've you've seen in all those branches. How? What would you say in that first year? What would you? Maybe you did the right things. I don't know. But yeah. um, what were? What would you say? Suggest to that person that they're coming out of school in that first year. What would you suggest they do? In terms of on, on a business. Yeah, business yeah. side. Because um, I think a lot of people now I'll give you some time to think as it is, but a lot of people now have a great clinical skill set. Yeah. And the only thing is, you know, as one of my mentors said, I can't teach you to swim standing on the deck. Like, right. you got to get in the water. Yes. And and yeah. so your clinical skill set's great, but remember, yeah. you're working on a healthy population of people interested in health. That's yeah. why they're at chiropractic college. Yeah. You're going to get out and see some crappy tissue quality, yeah. people who don't recover fast, who aren't sleeping, who yeah. aren't doing all these things. Uh, and uh, I mean, I remember the first time somebody came to my office and was a smoker and I was like, Nobody in chiropractic college smoked, and <laughs> right. I can feel the difference in your yeah. tissue. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, you're allowed you're to do that? Just, right. <laughs> you just got to kind of jump in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I, I do like the approach that I went through, at least, was to have a mentor, okay. whether it's working under another doctor or yeah. – befriending another doctor who's been in it um, and whether it's, you know, paying them for their time or maybe just shadowing some of their Mm -hmm. front office staff for a little while to figure out how they do things. But um, another thing, same as as a practice in terms of uh, clinically, is having a system. Mm -hmm. I think it was EMIT with the EMIT that I read yeah. in terms of, yeah, having systems within your right. practice. Um, Make pies, baby. Yes. That's right. yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Um, having a system of how you do things and even having a manual, which was a big thing for me, when I first, I was on my own, I wrote down how I did everything, whether it went from verifying insurance to scheduling patients to, I mean, you name it, I made a whole manual for myself. My God, was, what is your <laughs> home-like life? Because <laughs> you're, Yes, I'm type A. <laughs> yeah, no, no, come on. And that's only because there's nothing higher than A in our alpha. Right, yeah. I know. But I mean, Brandon's the same way, right? Or like he's, he's not as organized. Okay. He's not, yeah, but I'm, I mean, it's like find the best way to do it, do it. Totally. And then repeat it. Yeah. He comes up with, with phenomenal ideas. I can only imagine I'm, like the, the dishwasher in your house. I was like, 
<laughs> yes. An instruction thing. Yes, absolutely. Manual. But here's the thing: when you when you create a system and when you when you write it down in terms of how you run your place or your office, when you go to hire that associate, mm-hmm. which is what I was doing with all the different locations, now you have a manual that you can give them, mm-hmm. right? And they learn from that, not only training underneath you, but taking that home and, and reading it. And then when they are on their own and they get stuck, they have a manual there to yeah. um, refer back to. I think too, business-wise, um, confidence is huge. It, it's underrated when yep. you get out of school. But if there's one thing you can maintain, mm-hmm. it's confidence. Yep. And so the systems give you confidence. Like Correct. do this every single time. And Correct. not that it has a hundred percent success rate. But I guarantee it's got a lot higher success rate than if you do it differently every time. Right. And here's the thing. If you're doing it a certain way and you're finding out that way is not working, you obviously yeah. can go back to your manual and but, say, here's where we're going to change it and this is why. And you, that grows along the way with yeah. you. The easiest way to build a practice. Most people come in, you're young, you're hungry, you're confident about what you're doing. They, they're like, I want to help you. Right. But if you doubt yourself, you doubt your methods, you doubt everything, and you're right. just not confident coming off to that person, they're going to be like... I'll go somewhere else. Correct. Yeah. 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 So I think that's that's huge. I'm sure you had some of that. Absolutely. Inherently. Yes. But there are probably dark days, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I'd say the first, I always say the first two years of practice, I want to go back and apologize to my patients. Because yeah. um, it is, it's a practice. You're learning along the way as you go, yeah. right? Um, but at the same time, I, I most definitely lacked a lot of confidence. I didn't mm-hmm. have the best manual adjusting skills. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I relied heavily on rehab skills side as well, but I I also felt like I was lacking on the rehab side in terms of knowledge because we didn't get a ton of that in school. It was was up to me to seek outside courses and whatnot. So I felt the more courses that I took, the more people that I saw, um, the the more confidence I had each day, and and I really felt like I was kind of firing on all all cylinders, I'd say, within five years of practice. I felt really good about where I was. Yeah. The worst thing in the world is when you're a young doctor and everybody tells you, though, just give it time. Just yeah. give it time. Yeah, it's like, shut up. I don't I have time. <laughs> Do something else. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's good. And, and one, I don't know if you experienced this, but maybe it was your mentor, but if there's somebody you talk to that you inherently notice that you have confidence after talking to that person. Sure. Freaking do that and yep. do it every day, or have co- coffee with them every yep. day, or whatever it is. Exactly. Uh, I'll I'll do that. I have a friend who, when I'm making big business decisions, I take him to lunch. I'm like, let me just bounce this off you, and. I enjoy, he sometimes tears them apart and then sure. sometimes he goes, no, I think you're good here. Right. But I've learned that that is a habit or that's my system of yep. if this is going to be greater than a, you know, $50,000 or one year commitment, right. talk to him. It's worth the, you know, 50 bucks for lunch right? because I'm still not confident in everything I, I do, you know, course. like we're all learning. Yeah. And it's, it's a, uh, it's funny, but I, I just think so many people are like, I'm going to be the cowboy. And it's like, dude. No, yeah. Nobody's doing that. Right. I mean, you know, at this conference, I would keep hearing over and over, yeah. you know, people that I perceive, Mark Verstegen, Mike Boyle, Greg Rose, as being the top, they're like, oh, I borrowed that from so-and-so. I borrowed that from there, sure. you know, and like... Yeah, we all steal from each yeah, other at the end and, of the day. <laughs> yeah, so don't... If you haven't stolen any ideas yeah. lately, you need to be around more people probably. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. So I, th- I think most importantly, whether you're in the fitness world, whether you're on the rehab side, surround yourself with people that know more than you so that you can pick their brain, take their knowledge, and hopefully apply it to whatever you're doing. Nice. Well, uh, last part, you're you're seeing, I mean, you're in an incredible spot where you're you're seeing all levels of athletics, you're seeing all levels of rehab, you're exposed to some of the most cutting edge things. Uh, What's exciting you about 
being a chiropractor in the next 10 years? Yeah, so so interesting enough, I'm actually, I moved um, just about four months ago from San Diego to Sarasota to be closer to family. Okay. So um, what's interesting to me is I've always wanted to learn more about dry needling. And yeah. in California, we can't obviously do that. Right due to licensing um, issues with California, but um, Florida does allow that. So I'm really interested in kind of diving into some of the dry needling aspects of things. Mm -hmm. Um, There's always courses out there that I want to take and learn more. Um, TPI actually being one, I've done SFMA probably 20 times, but not the actual golf side of things. So I think learning more um, specific to sport, whether it's the racket fit or or, um, TPI. So those things I'm looking into. Um, And then I'm always picking Brandon's brain too. Not that... I want to be that performance coach, but I need to understand what they're doing sure. so that um, that athlete that comes in, I understand where Brandon's coming from and what they need to be accomplishing with them. So sure. just learning more on the strength and conditioning side, performance side for me yeah. is always um, an You know, there's two, I don't know if you know, there's two chiropractic universities in Florida now. There are. I just there's learned there's a second Palmer, one in Palmer, Palmer, Florida, Florida, and then... Kaiser? Uh, yeah, I think Yeah, I was yeah. like, how come I didn't hear about it? Everybody's like, oh, it's been around for three years. I'm like, huh? I know. Yeah. yeah interested in crazy. checking that one out. So, yeah, so that's what's interesting me Very and cool. looking forward to learning more. Yeah. yeah. And are you excited now versus when you graduate? Is it more exciting to be a chiropractor now? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because I, I think you gain a confidence in what your skill set is mm-hmm. and that you feel like you can really help a lot of people when you get and to a new area. I think early on, like people, I don't know. I don't know if you experienced this. So I don't want to put words in your mouth. Early on, when you graduate, a lot of people go, uh, oh, you know, in the medical community, you're, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not, and maybe it's changed in the last 10 years, but oh, you're, you're not a, you're not, you're a second tier, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then you get into sports mm-hmm. and it's like, people are like, are you good? You're like, well, I'm a chiropractor. Like, I don't care. Right. Are you good? Right. It's like, well, I'm a PT. Shut up. I yeah. don't care. Like, <laughs> are you good? And if you're good, yeah. I don't, I, I don't care, care what, what you your letters are right. because they're like, yeah, we've worked with everybody right. and all we care about is it's meritocracy. Right. You know, it's yeah. pure meritocracy, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So you got to be good. Right. But if you are, then right. there's a lot of doors that open, yeah. right? Yeah. I think, and, and that's, I think one thing that's challenging, this will be for the new grads. Um, obviously in San Diego, I had a name, I had a reputation, yeah. you know, I'd met a lot of people out that way. So referrals were easing and opportunities kind of came to you because sure. people knew you. But now that I'm in a new area, right, it's no one knows what I do. No one knows my background. Um, so it's starting fresh. And that's obviously yeah. what the new grads are experiencing. And so um, I think what you do is you put your head down you, and you do your best job and you let the people, your, your new patients mm-hmm. coming in, be your best business cards. Yeah. And the word is going to get out, right? The more you educate your patients and you show them that you care, um, and you do a great job, you know, that's how you spread the word. Yeah. So it's it's a tough road, but just, you know, do the best you can for you and your patients and, and um, it'll speak for itself. All right, cool. So if we have some listeners that are like, look, I'm intimidated, I'm scared, I want to do what Jen's done, do you mind if they reach out to you? Absolutely, you know? okay. yeah. How yeah. can they do so? Yeah, so um, my email director, d- directly is um, Dr. J. Reiner. It's R-E-I-N-E-R at Gmail. Um, I actually do uh, work for a nonprofit organization um, that specializes in education, um, training, rehab for youth athletes. Oh, really? Um, and so that's called Team Elite Cares. Um, Say that again. Team Elite Cares. Okay. Um, and... 
that's uh, there's a um, our Twitter handle and our Facebook is just that Team Elite Cares. Um, so feel free to follow us. We're always putting new information out there about training, cool. about rehab, things like that. But it's specific to the youth athlete. Specific to youth. Uh, yep. Awesome. And then um, my standard Twitter is Dr. J Reiner, and um, that's specifically all business stuff, things I like to share in terms of what I'm interested in with rehab as well as training. Cool. Awesome. Well, Jen, this has been a slice of heaven. I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. And uh, very excited for you because, man, what a journey you've been on. And it sounds like it's going to get even better with this second kid. I huh? agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. And uh, for everybody out there, I try and say it every time, but I think Jen's done it. Go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.